Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When a person shows you who they are, believe them. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am John R. Bray. And I am Heather B. Armstrong. And the fact that you're hearing Heather's voice means she survived an outing to Disney. Barely. Barely. Which in itself deserves a round of applause, I think. Oh, I barely survived that experience. <laughs> so it was amazing, and it was it was it magical? That's the real question. I, this is the thing about. So let, let's get this out of the way quickly, and this this ties into our whole conversation. Yesterday, I wrote on my website about the fact that I didn't wish anybody a, f- a happy Father's Day because I was at Disney World with my daughter, who was turning nine years old. While waiting in line, sometimes I would pull out my phone to check Twitter. And honestly, selfishly, the only reason that I probably one of the one of the the contributing factors to the fact that I survived Disney is that I would open Twitter, be completely and utterly horrified by what I was reading and turn it off and go, I'm just going to sit here and be a Disney (laughs) Like being at Disney is preferable to reading what is going on, just even reading about what is going on. Like I'm just going to sit here with the dregs of humanity who who are really, really excited to be at Disney. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not my kind of people. I'm going to be a snob. It's just not my kind of crowd. But I would try to distract myself by going on Twitter or Instagram and I would immediately shut off my phone. Well, that helped you tune it out, but you were also there with your children. I was there with my children. Like, I'm there with my nine-year-old who, especially on her birthday, she was turned to 11. She was all the way out. She was all the way up to 11. And oh, yeah. So I wrote about this yesterday. Four years ago, you know, my ex-husband, John, moved to Brooklyn. And um, I wrote about the fact that Marlo has been through a really rough time trying to uh, understand the structure of her life w- with his absence. Now, she still sees him, but her, you know, 90% of her life, she is without her father. And right before he left, um, he and his girlfriend and her two kids were going to take all of the kids to Universal Studios. And he determined... While they were on vacation with him in New York, he determined that Marlo was too young for a theme park excursion because Marlo was acting like a five-year-old. And how old was she? She was five. Okay, so she was okay. She was being. She was acting her age. She Just was. Checking. She was. She was throwing tantrums and she was stomping her feet when she didn't get her way. And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's what five-year-olds do." She was acting like a five-year-old. So she was she was too young to go to a 
theme park because she was acting her age? Yeah. Gotcha. So a few months later, I took both of the girls with some friends of mine. I took them to Disneyland. And Lita was, so that was 2015, Lita was 11. And Marlo was five. And Lita was an absolute nightmare. Lita was a nightmare because she it was at that age where she's like, oh, God, you have to wait in line and it's hot and this is sticky. And, oh, you know, she was just like super, super upset about the reality of what Disney is. Right. Marlo was joyous, just like, oh, we have to wait in line for this ride. That's great. It means we get to go on the ride. And Marlo couldn't have been more lovely to be around so fast forward four years (laughs) and things have changed slightly Uh, lita is 14 and marlo turned nine at disneyland and it was a complete flip-flop lita i i even pulled her aside afterward and i said you know you and i've had a rough patch here for the last couple of months just because of how stressful our lives have been with dance and the play and everything and Lita, you are a joy at Disneyland. Like you didn't, she didn't complain once. She didn't moan or groan. She didn't complain about having to get up early. She didn't complain about food. She didn't complain about lines. She was laughing and making jokes and trying to like entertain everybody while they were waiting in line. And it was, it was like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is the Lita that I know. The polite, friendly, wonderful. She was joyous to be around. Like, I wanted to be around her. And then, <laughs> and then there was and, Marlo. And Marlo was not the same? <laughs> She's happy to be there. She was just like, all oh, these lines? There's lines? We have to wait in the sun. It's hot outside. We have to walk. We have to walk even more. <sighs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was like, Okay. I can't get both of you happy at the same time. It's fine. Whatever. Again, I I realized that one of the reasons that I was just super calm and, you know, composed is that I would open my phone and like, I got to turn this off because I don't know how to be here in the moment with my child while processing the fact that we're living how do, what do you what do you call that? I mean, you, you said this before we started recording. We're living in modern day Nazi Germany, and yep. I know people are going to take issue with that. But those who take issue with that, this is how it all started. What we're what we're seeing right now is is the slow start of complete and utter tyranny, and it's that slow start. It's that you know, they're not cages that they're putting children in. Those aren't cages. You know, the fact that we're arguing over the word cage. Right. It's like it, for so many people, we can't refer to it. We can't make the Nazi analogy because I, it's almost, I think the, the only Nazi Germany that a lot of people either want to acknowledge or see is like D-Day. Mm-hmm. So when, when all of the horrors of the concentration camps started to be uncovered, like truly uncovered by American troops, and it was a... a culmination of this world war and so no if you look at d-day compared to right now yeah they're not the same thing but it is how it started it started with a bunch of people following orders that were horrific Mm -hmm. and it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed and you have kids 
being taken from their parents. I don't care if they're in the Ritz Carlton. It's, it's completely crazy. And it doesn't have to happen. And the lies coming out of the administration about how it's the Democrats' fault and it's a Democrat, it was, it's an, a law that Obama enacted. And this is just this pure, complete, utter, monstrous lies. Like, this doesn't have to happen. These people are seeking asylum. And what they're trying to do is make seeking asylum, they're trying to make seeking asylum illegal at this point. And and there's and people keep saying, well, they shouldn't put their children in this danger. Well, I can guarantee you that most of the people who are, who are trying to cross to seek asylum have no idea that when they cross, that their children are going to be taken away from them. This is not a policy that they are familiar with. I mean, some of these people I'm reading, like it, they've traveled a month. Mm-hmm. And... They're fleeing a country so that it's not like they, they pack up for a vacation and jump in a car. So you're traveling a month. You have no idea what's going on here. I mean, you don't know what the policy is. So they really think they're they're doing the best thing that they can for their family and their kids. Yeah. And even if they need to be detained to see if their claim for asylum is valid, you don't need to take them away from their children. No, I mean, that's like we aren't asking for um, open borders for people to just, you know, come pouring in. We're not asking for anything other than just keep the families together. Right. Keep the fucking families together. Don't take away the, the children. And the scary part about this yesterday, the secretary of Homeland Security. Good Lord. I mean, what a yeah. what a disastrous human being for her oh, yeah. to stand there and lie and deflect and one of the reporters asked okay so we've seen the de- the detention centers for the boys we've seen pictures of boys where are the girls and she and deflected the, and the toddlers the babies yeah and they know that we're okay we're somewhat conditioned to see boys in cages Right. But if we were which to is he- which in itself is fucked up. Is fucked that up. That we're conditioned to see that and not be as emotionally hit. Mm-hmm. But imagine seeing girls locked up who might be slightly more emotional. Girls who could be on their periods. Girls who are who are who are crying. Babies who are crying. Babies who are wailing. Like where where are the where are they be, where are they being held? Right. And who's taking care of them and, and how are their needs being met? And what if some of them have allergies and what if some of them have sicknesses and what if some of them have ailments that only their parents can take care of and, and know of? Like, how are these things being dealt with? And she has no answer. No. She, she, she has no answer. And not only does she not have an answer, then it comes out that this Texas deputy is being charged for sexual assaulting a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. And bribing her mom and saying, we'll deport you if you say anything. So you you can't tell us where they are. I mean, her, her response to that question was not only, I can't tell you, it was, I don't even really know what you're talking about. I'll have to about check About the pictures that. that my organization is releasing. Uh-huh. It's And then it's she, reminded, she reminded the press, she was like, please understand that you're dealing with human beings who are working for Homeland Security and... They needed to be treated, you know, well, and they, they need to be protected as well. And it's like, oh, fuck you. Fuck this. F- yep. Fuck, 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 fuck. 
And that's and, that's what I'm seeing now is a lot of calls for people saying that there nobody deserves to be able to clock out and have a peaceful evening. No. Like these people should be berated and harassed because they're they're carrying out orders that are completely horrendous. And they know it. I feel like you have to know it. I just I mean, who's again, you brought up the fact you know, you don't care if they're being taken to like the Ritz Carlton. I wrote about this thread that I read on Twitter about a, a a guy who, when he was four years old, was taken to a group home. He was wrested from the custody of his father and spent years in a group home. And he said, you know, the damage comes really, I mean, like we went to the zoo and we went to parks and, you know, we had, they, they entertained us, except that the the abuse comes in the form of, well, what happens when we act out? We're going to act out because, I mean, we've been ripped from our families. Of course we're going to act out. So what happens then? What is the discipline then? What is the the order of their lives of getting up at six o'clock in the morning and making sure their rooms are clean and um, sometimes acting out and being pinned to the floor by a stranger with his knee in his neck. When his father was able to come visit him on the rare occasion, he remembers his father having to leave and seeing the car drive off and he would fly into a hysteria, like an uncontrollable hysteria, because w- would he ever see his father again? Eventually, when he was released back into his father's custody, it took him years to assimilate to normal life again because of what mm-hmm. he had experienced in a in a home that wasn't a cage. Mm-hmm. It brought me back to Marlo when it's, you know, Marlo, Marlo's father moved and she's had to make sense of the structure of her family and she's gone through all of this therapy. <laughs> and this is a really mild case of of a family being split apart and i i mean all of the issues that have happened while trump has been in the administration have been egregious i mean one thing after another after another after another and i feel like this one is the tipping point for a lot of people i'm seeing that online for the last three days on twitter literally every single tweet in my feed is about this is about this very thing yep and I mean, almost every single tweet and, and social post I was saying about Father's Day was, yeah, happy Father's Day to the dads in my life. Or, you know, I'm a father and I'm it's a great day. But let's focus on this. Like, I'm a dad with my kids on Father's Day and there's kids locked in cages. Yeah. I, I, I think I was just having a conversation with my dad about this, that there are going to be those people who will stand by Trump and vote again for Trump, no matter what. It will not make any difference. And some of them will do it just simply because it pisses other people off, which is a whole separate discussion. But I do think that this is a serious tipping point for a lot of the people who were maybe just, I don't even know if suckered in, but who voted for Trump really genuinely thinking maybe something was going to be better or he was going to do something or he was just talking about things, but they weren't going to happen. This is the tipping point for those people. Mm-hmm. But those are not the people that the media will cover because it's not exciting. <laughs> That's what it is. They're still going to cover the the KKK rallies and the, the people who are just horrible <laughs> because that's exciting on the media but they won't cover all the people who are really shifting. I don't think. 
know, I had a couple people, like I, I posted a little bit about it on Facebook and you know, someone talked about how she was a libertarian who leaned conservative, but that this was just something that she couldn't stand or abide. And I think it has everything to do with the idea of family and connectedness and how eerily similar this is to what happened in Germany. When concentration camps were beginning the way they were described to the public, um, there was a thread on Twitter about uh, people started to question what was going on. And so what they did is they cleaned up a, a particular concentration camp and dressed it up and made it look like it was, you know, summer camp. And they invited press from neutral countries like Sweden, I believe, and uh, Switzerland, and they invited press from those countries in to present this concentration camp as if it were this kind of playground, while all the while hiding the actual atrocities and actually sending people off to gas chambers while this was all happening. Right. And in the what's happening now is we have the press going down to see these detention centers being turned away. And then the White House trying to release or Homeland Security trying to release specific photos that they have taken themselves of the centers. And you have Republican representatives saying, well, it's not all that bad. You know, it's not that bad. They're going to the zoo and they're going to parks. It's like summer camp. Like the the language is eerily similar. And right. for anybody who took high school social studies or history class, like we this is like ringing bells are going off in everybody's head about this whole thing. Um, right. And it's not even, yeah, they're, they're, it's like summer camp, except they were forced to go there. And you could say, well, some parents also force their kids to go to summer camp. Yeah, fine. But the kids also know where their parents are. And know that they'll they, be returned. Right. They know they're going to be picked up. They know where they are. They know if they get sick, that their parents will be called. Just like if they go to school and they get sick. So it's it's nothing, it's just because people don't want to acknowledge it. So you look at like North Korea, they say, oh, well, they sent athletes to the Olympics, so everything's fine. No, no, that's that's not how that works. And I, I one person, and I, I'm sure this has been kind of everywhere on Twitter, but someone was saying, because, you know, a lot of people voted for uh, Donald Trump because... He's, he's pro-life and sanctity of life is really important, especially to the Christian population. And Jessica Valenti on Twitter said, it's funny, I haven't seen any outcry from pro-life organizations about the treatment of children at the border, almost as if they don't give a shit about actual babies. Mm-hmm. I saw and that. that's, it's like, you can't, you can't just kind of be halfway there, but people don't want to see what's happening. And I'm so fucking tired of, that whole, well, what if, what if they were your kids argument? Like you should just care because they're living beings that are being mistreated. Like I know that when something terrible happens to a girl or a woman, I don't have a daughter, but that doesn't matter because I still know it's shitty. So I'm just, I'm tired of that argument. Like you don't have to imagine that it's your own child because then it goes back to, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything illegal to put my kids in danger. And it's bullshit. Yeah. It's like, it's like driving 10 over the speed limit and getting pulled over and they yank your kids out of the back of the car and you never see them again. Like they had nothing to do with that. It's so absurd. I was listening to Jeff Sessions. 
<laughs> yeah. I can't. I really can't listen to him. And I love my father. I do. I'm having di- I'm having dinner with him tonight. I love him, but he does come from a generation. And I remember conversations with him when I was younger. I believe that Jeff Sessions is of a generation of white men who it's almost as if Jeff Sessions is mad that under his watch and during his lifetime, he has seen the white power structure slowly being eroded and people of color having more and more of a say. Right. Under his watch, this has happened and it's made him angry. Like because, he's failed he's failed the white folk. Like he's he's watched it happen over his lifetime. Like he lived through Jim Crow and he lived through the civil rights era. And if that wasn't enough, it's gotten even worse, right, for him as he's lived. As, uh, it's getting worse because uh, everybody is – social awareness right now is is higher in my lifetime than, than I've ever experienced. And under his watch, he's had to watch this over his lifetime, the white power structure slowly slip, slowly slip. And it's like he's angry about it. and. Yeah. To hear my dad talk about it even, like to hear my dad talk about having to um, work with black people in the South and his take on on them. And I don't want to use any language that's going to trigger anybody because my dad grew up as a racist in Jim Crow South. And the way he used to talk about things was just, he's an old white man who has really, 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 really stuck in his ways. And he's angry. He's angry about a lot of shit because he worked his ass off. He worked his ass off as a white man in the South. Everybody can work their ass off. If he can work his ass off, everybody can work their ass off. And anyone who didn't, in his view, is lesser. And all of those people happen to not be white. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of what it... Coincidentally, all of them. All of them. (laughs) God. I, I remember, I think it was around the election. There was a photo going around on Twitter and it was a guy and like an old white guy in his shirt said something like, I'm an old white guy, but I'm not stupid. And then on the other side, it said, I'm voting for Hillary. <laughs> and it was perfect because it, he is of the generation. And if you were to just look at him, yeah, you'd, you'd probably lump him into that same category. Yeah. But it is, I think what's... What's most horrifying about the whole situation isn't even what's happening, but it's how people are talking about why it's okay. Yes. They're, they're breaking the law, so they deserve to be punished. They're the ones putting their children in harm's way. Right. We, have to protect, we have to protect our borders. We can't let this crime pour in through the borders. It's right. all just bullshit. It's all just complete and utter bullshit. And it's the same thing, though. I mean, it's a the the same thing is happening, like with gun control, is instead of people trying to to realize we're not saying you have to throw all your guns away. We just want regulations. We're not saying open the border and let everybody cross freely. We're just saying don't take the children and put them in cages. But they don't see that, so they they go from well, this is what we have to do. Because we can't just have the border wide open. But that's not what anyone is asking for. No. And and it's 
and then they say, and I think it might have been you who who retweeted this, or maybe you liked it, but they're they're saying that it was Obama. And someone came on and said, even if it was Obama, which it wasn't, Trump's entire presidency has been focused on undoing what Obama has done. But suddenly, he can't undo this. Right. It's like they're they're spinning in circles as they talk themselves into a corner. And so many people don't care. What was crazy is Bill O'Reilly tweeted yesterday. I don't know if you saw this. He was like, eh, this doesn't look so good for the president. Like, this... This doesn't look so good. I don't think he's going to come out top out on top on this one. Might need to back off a bit. <laughs> oh my god! Like how how far on the wrong side do you have to be for Bill Riley to disagree right. with you? <laughs> but that goes back to what you were saying. Like this is now a line. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So I wrote my post yesterday, and I wanted to begin with my rant against the Mormon church. But I sort of ended with my rant against the Mormon church because... The Mormon church has been politically active when very convenient for them. The Mormon church funneled money into Prop 8 in California against marriage equality. The ironic thing about this very, very situation, one, these are families, period. Like right. the, the party of the family is ripping families apart. Right, these imagine are, that. These are families. And Mormons are all of like the core of the of Mormon doctrine is about families being together forever. I mean, any Mormon in, in, in the audience has heard that phrase over and over and over again. Families can be together forever through Heavenly Father's plan. It's a song that children sing. And, and it's families, not just Mormon families, but families. It's families. And right. the Book of Mormon centers around the the idea that the Americas were settled by a family that sailed over f from Jerusalem. A Jewish family was basically exiled, and they built a boat and sailed over to America and settled America. Really, just a quick history. Um, a couple of the brothers, there were, there were, I don't know how many sons there were, but th the three main players are Nephi, Laman, and Lemuel. And Laman and Lemuel were disobedient and 
the Lord turned their skin darker because of it. Of course. And so they, so you could differentiate who was good and who was bad because of the color of their skin. And so the Book of Mormon is filled with civilizations and wars and more wars. And eventually what happens is that the, the, the Lamanites turn out, they sort of come to a, a realization that they need to be righteous and they end up being the righteous ones who come out at the at the like the book of mormon is basically this glorification of the the lamanites becoming the righteous um people and they become the chosen people of god the lamanites the dark-skinned people of the americas so the book that's the that's really like the basis of the book of mormon and i know people are going to take issue with my very 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 you know too long to read version of this even my brother, who served his mission in Quebec, lamented the fact that all of his roommates from college who got to serve missions in Mexico or in South America, they could go door to door and they could hold up the Book of Mormon and they could say, here is a book that is inspired by God. It's a scripture. And within it, it shows how you are a member and a descendant of a chosen people of God. Would you like to hear about it? And they were baptizing, you know, 1,500 people, you know, for the two years that they were out. My brother baptized three people right, for the two years that he was out. So for all intents and purposes, the people who are trying to come into through our borders are descendants of the chosen people of God, according to the Book of Mormon. Why is right. the Mormon church not losing their minds over this? They put out a statement yesterday that was so fucking weak sauce. It was like... I didn't see it. Well, we respect that all nations should be able to enforce their borders. We believe that there needs to be a kinder and more um, oh, Jesus. righteous approach to this. And that we should all swiftly come to a... a con con we should all unify and come to a, a, a more... Um, a gentle solution, something, something, something. How about just not locking kids in cages <sighs> and then we try to figure it out from there? That's seriously their statement. Like, we respect the law, but maybe yes. we should try something else. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. I, that you have to obey the rule of law coming from churches is... Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly who who put it on Twitter, but someone was saying that... It's funny because they don't really remember the churches taking that same stance when Kim Davis didn't want to issue a gay marriage license, even though that was the law. Uh -huh. Like, again, you can't just decide when it's convenient. That's not how it works. It's not how it works with religion. It's not how it works with the Constitution. You can't just pick. Like, today I want to follow the rule of law, but tomorrow when the law is something I don't like, then I'm not going to follow it. And e but even so, like it's human beings, small human beings, innocent human beings who have no idea where they are, what's going on, and they don't speak the language, and they don't know where their parents are. I I, I can't I cannot wrap my head around it, and I think that so many of us who have, especially those of us who have children, and even if you don't have children, yes, you can feel for them, but I think so many of us, this is the tipping point, because we're suddenly going, oh my God, that could be my child. Oh my God, that could be my child. Holy shit, that could be my child. Right. And the images of, of children screaming, and like, just the, the, the sound of 
I'm, I'm sure you heard the recording of the sound of the kids crying. Yes. In the, you did? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they just... I can't even... Imagine, and I'm only picking this country just because it's a different country, but imagine if all of a sudden China, like anyone who visited China from North America, their children were separated from them. And you didn't know if you'd see them again. I've also heard that when this is happening, right, the parents are getting deported, but there's no way to trace the parent to the child or the child to the parent. I don't know if that's the case in every situation, but even if that's the case in one situation, (laughs) that's one too many. Yeah. Like you're just going to split them up and throw the kid with a foster family. And maybe the foster family is amazing, but that still has nothing to do with it because you took them away from their parents. And that's a lasting amount. I mean, like you, you mentioned with, with Marlo adjusting, I mean, even with Lexton and, and Heather lives five minutes from me. It was a rocky couple years. Yeah. I, and, and that wasn't a sudden, like all of a sudden overnight, you don't get to see someone. It was over time and it was still rocky. He sees her multiple times a week. It was still rocky. It's unfathomable. And I, I agree with many people, especially people of color on Twitter who are really tired of white people going, this is not who we are. This is not America. When in fact, right. oh, yes, 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 yes. Actually, yeah, yeah, this is us. This is us, actually. <laughs> Guess right. what? This is us. Oh, there's the mirror. This is us. Hello. I, I retweeted someone who said, you know, you could just say this is America, but it doesn't have to be. Right. Or this is America, but I don't want it to be this way. But I don't want it to be this way. And I mean, the the, the act of t- removing children from their parents goes back to slavery i mean people of color have watched this happen to their ancestors and this is exactly who we are (laughs) and everybody's like (laughs) when a person shows you who they are believe them right exactly i mean when he's denigrating mexicans and he's denigrating immigration in his campaign of course this is going to happen. It doesn't make it less appalling, but for anyone to say, gosh, I'm so surprised that we're here. It's like, really? Are you surprised that we're here? Like how? Well, then that's what it comes. I remember right after he was elected, people were saying like, well, he's, he's really not going to do all those things. So you either chose to vote for someone who was lying or you chose to vote for someone who was incapable. So either way, it's not good. And if he's lying about doing horrible things, what does that really show you? Like, no, this isn't, this isn't surprising. Nothing he's done has really been surprising. But it's jaw-dropping in the sense that it's actually playing out and people are letting it play out. Yes. Well, I, again, back to the point of this being the tipping point, I think a lot of it is the uh, frustration of, like, wh- what do we do? We call our representatives, um, we send money to organizations that are setting up legal funds. We like, what is, what is the game plan, right? What is the, how, how do we stop this atrocity? Because it's an absolute atrocity. It's an, it's a blatant 
fucking humanitarian disaster happening right under our noses and people are defending it. The rest of us, like, I think that the panic that we're feeling and the depression that people are feeling as this unfolds is how do I help this? What do I do? How can I be the best and most effective ally in this? And someone talked about the effectiveness of the, um, do you remember the protests at the airports when the immigration policy, when he tried to instate that? And they were so effective because they were so, um, they created a lot of commotion um, they were disruptive. They were disruptive to commerce. People were getting people were getting in the way of businesses being able to do their jobs. This person wondered how we replicate that with this atrocity, and I th- I think it's I think that's where everybody is sort of stumped because not everybody can travel to the border of Texas or the border of Arizona and m- march in protest at a detention center. Um, like that's the frustration for the rest of us in the country going what how what help <laughs> right some yeah well that's just it because you you know you call your representatives even if you call them every day and you donate to an organization not that it not that that feels too easy but it's like you want to keep doing but you can't i mean people have financial limitations they can't just give forever financially but at the same time I mean, yeah, it'd be great if, you know, 20 million people boarded planes and buses and went to the border. But that's just an impossibility for so many people. I mean, I just just got a text this morning from my sister and she she donated to one of the organizations that's helping at the border in my name for Father's Day and my birthday. And my first thought was that's great. And immediately I'm like, okay, now what else can I do? Like, what else can be done? And yeah, I could go to the same organization and and offer money or call my representatives twice as often. But I guess after a while, it feels like it's not doing anything. Even if it is, even if it is actually making a difference, I feel like I could be doing more, but I don't know what. I live in a state, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, that is literally sucking Donald Trump's cock. Oh, yeah. I mean, Utah is is the reddest of red states. We spend less on every single child in the state on education than any other state in the fucking country. Yeah, but you guys um, have Mitt Romney, though. He's a, he's such a good dude. <laughs> um, like, calling the representatives here is, uh, I mean, I, I, I do it, but it, it feels extraordinarily uh, f- uh, futile because this state is so in lockstep with the um, Republican Party. And it's frustrating to live up in a place like this where there is not even a possibility of somebody changing their mind and going against what the party line wants. Like, I I can encourage people to call the representatives and hope, (laughs) hope and pray. Right. (laughs) But so, yeah, it's it's basically about giving money to those organizations who are doing good work and who can make a difference. That, I think, is our – that and trying to put pressure on senators in places who might be swayed, who possibly could be. But again, you you do start to feel like – I feel like the ones who are already opposed to it, they don't need more calls because they'd be opposed to it without any calls. And mm-hmm. the ones who aren't, 
it doesn't matter how many times you call. No. That's kind of how it feels. But it is, you do have to find the organizations and you have to give what you can. Yeah. I mean, to help them fight, to help them get people to the borders and to make a difference. Yeah, it felt like a, I know many of us over last week and over the weekend and especially yesterday, we feel shell-shocked that people are still continuing to defend it and to come up with new reasons to defend it and the the literal the lies contradicting the lies contradicting the lies coming out of everybody who is doing it um you know sessions coming out with a scripture justifying it um and then the secretary of homeland security saying this isn't happening right <laughs> right this this law does not exist I'm, but this I'm is why laughing. it needs to exist i mean this is just i i can't and then the president incoherently tweeting about the fact that it's obama's fault and hillary's fault and the democrats fault and he's got and it's riddled with typos oh, and I he know. spelled he spelled border b-o-a-r-d-e-r yeah, yeah I saw that. <laughs> like this this is a fucking shit show it's a fucking shit show this is america yeah yeah i forgot about borders but but again even if it even if it is everyone else's fault but his which we all know that's not the case Change it. Thank you. I don't care if he points to other people, but then fixes it. No, he's he because Just, he's using them as pawns. He wants his wall. He wants his wall. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, that's what it is. These kids are ransom chips. Mm -hmm. So maybe that needs to be. Maybe that's our call out here: is find find one of the organizations that is helping at the border. Well, yesterday I had made my kids some dinner and. I was standing there talking to them at the countertop and Lita, Lita does her usual, how is everybody's day? It's her, how is your day? How is your day? And I looked at her and I just sort of sighed and, you know, I just said, you know, there's some, there's some pretty terrible things going on and a lot of people are discouraged and feel hopeless and we're circling, trying to f figure out where we go from here. And she's like, what's going on? And I tried to explain to them what was going on about kids being taken from their families and you have to be really careful when you talk to kids about kids being ripped from families. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like Marlo dropped her fork and was like, what? They're doing what? Right. I was like, yeah. I mean, even children can recognize the atrocity of this. Oh, yeah. And she's like, they're not going to take the, no, nobody's going to take me away from you. And I said, well, no, no, you're, you're white. Right. Everything's fine. But even even my children were appalled, and I was using very careful language. You know, like I wasn't using any inflammatory language at all because I wanted to be very careful about scaring them. And even they saw the atrocity in it. Yeah, because it's it's just a matter of heart and head and being human. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's really all it takes. You you have to make a choice. To not see this as an issue. But I think the. Just the automatic reaction. Is that this is horrifying. And if you don't see it that way. It's because you've, cho you've chosen to see these people as lesser. Which is exactly what they want. It's exactly what they want. 
I feel like we end up having a lot of these episodes that are really not positive, but there has been so much, so much happening that that's just kind of what it's the reality. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm leaving the country in two weeks. Oh my God. I have to travel abroad as an American. (laughs) Oh yeah. And I had this awful, like, I was, I remember thinking like, what if it got to the point where countries were just like, you know what, we're not really, we don't really want Americans to come into the country. If you're American, you have American passport, you're going to get turned away. Yeah. You know, my, my, my depressed brain went to that extreme. I mean, I traveled to Montenegro last year during the, do you remember Kofefe? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Montenegro when he tweeted that Kofefe. Oh God. Uh, and this is happening like as I'm, as when I'm, when I'm in France, like I am, I'm, I'm wondering what's going to unfold in those weeks that I'm, that I'm there. Oh, plenty. I mean, oh, plenty. <laughs> you're there, you're there for weeks. There could be a lot that would unfold in like two days. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder if it will come to that. If the, with them just saying no longer welcome. But I don't think so because I think I think a lot of other countries, a lot of people recognize that it's not everyone in America. Like I think people are aware that there are a lot of people fighting everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that will, uh, well, hopefully it will play out in 2020, but also in November. You know, that's I think that's also another thing that we can do is the midterm elections are are so vitally important and so critical that the more we talk about how important it is to vote, regardless, I mean, even here in Utah, even though my vote here is, again, (laughs) is canceled out by the hundreds of thousands of votes who who, who would cancel me out. These midterms are so critical. And I think, and not just critical in, in terms of like, progressing as a nation it's vital in terms of our morale oh absolutely if we don't do what we have to do in these midterm elections the hit to our morale is going to be devastating that's why i think we need to concentrate a lot of our efforts is making sure that people get out to vote yes and figuring out ways to encourage it to uh, i mean i love that the parkland kids have um They've set up, oh God, what did they do? Especially at many of the marches, they set up stations where you could register anybody who had turned 18 and right. register to vote. And like, there's all these initiatives going on. I think, again, one thing that we can do, although we feel hopeless, is to encourage everyone that we know to get out and vote. Make sure that you're registered. Make sure you know where to go. Make sure you have what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's at this point where one of those one of the big voting issues that we need to eliminate those hoops that people are forced to jump through. But if that doesn't happen and there's hoops, jump through them, find out what you need, find out what needs to happen because we can't, we can't not succeed here. Yeah. So I guess if anyone has any suggestions on organizations that are doing good work at the border or organizations that are doing good work on registering people to vote or helping people get to polls anything any resources 
that you're aware of, even if they're just local to where you are, let us know. Reach out on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram uh, at Manic Ramblings. Or you can also email us to stories at manicramblings.com. And we will do what we can to broadcast them in an episode to retweet or repost or whatever we need to do to try and spread the word. But we would definitely love to hear it and we will share what we find as well. Yes. We've had two downer episodes in a row. <laughs> we have, I guess, to end on a on a po- more positive note, we did finally send out um, all of the thank you notes to our patrons so thank you everyone and hopefully you have received them by now or you will soon there were a few there were actually a fair number of international so those might take a little longer and for those of you who are listening internationally please understand that we <laughs> if we hope we hope this episode proves to you that we not all of us are monsters exactly. and they are monsters people who are people people who are justifying this are monsters you're a monster period just done and done yep yeah I will judge you. You can let us know if you don't agree with that, but it's not, there's really no ground to stand on there. And we do have some shout outs that we owe to patrons, but maybe, maybe not ending this episode with, with those. Maybe next week. We'll target that for next week. Okay. We'll find something, something positive. That's everyone's goal. There we go. Find something positive. Just something. I feel like we all need something positive to keep moving toward the end goal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so scared to get off this uh, to get off our, our phone call and, and, and go look at Twitter. I'm so scared. <laughs> I know. It's just a yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a shit show. It's a shit show. So until next time, call your representatives, write letters, give what you can. Make sure you're registered to vote. Make sure everyone you know is registered to vote. Make sure they're voting for the right people. Um, and keep keep fighting every step or half step or inch at a time. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started